Mesech's brachos parak hey mishnah gimel until parak vov mishnah aleph. The previous mishnah gave a few examples of additions which we sometimes add into shmona esrei, depending on what time of year it is, what time of the week, mashvaruach, havdala, etc. Our mishnah discusses certain additions which one might decide to add into his shmona esrei, which are actually forbidden. For example, ha'omer one who says al kant zippur yagiurach amecha, your mercy Hashem reaches the bird's nest, and this is referring to the mitzvah of shluach hakan which is a mitzvah that if one wants to take young birds from its nest, let's say you want to eat the bird, so there's a mitzvah to send away the mother bird before taking her children. So if somebody says during his davening, he praises Hashem saying, you're so merciful, you even have mercy on the birds, as shown by this mitzvah, that is not a proper thing to say. Because the reason why we keep mitzvahs is not because it shows how merciful Hashem is, or a similar reason, rather we keep the mitzvahs because Hashem told us to keep the mitzvahs. Correct, there are tameh ha-mitzvahs. There are certain meanings behind mitzvahs, which we can understand, but the reason why we keep the mitzvahs should be primarily because that's what Hashem told me to do, and therefore I have to do it. Another reason why this statement is improper is because you're implying that Hashem only has mercy on the birds. What about the rest of Hashem's creations? And therefore it's an improper addition to the davening. Number two, If you say that for the good, your, re- your name should be remembered. That implies that you're praising Hashem for the good. But even the things which seem bad, Hashem should also be praised for that. We're going to learn in the last mission of Amasechta that one needs to thank Hashem for the bad as well as the good. And you need to attribute anything which happens to Hashem. And thirdly, if somebody says, Meidim, Meidim, he says the bracha of thanks in Shemona Esrei twice, either he says the whole bracha twice, or he says part of it twice. Either way, this is improper because it implies, and it seems like he's praying to two different gods, Chas v'shalem that he's thanking two different powers, and therefore in all these three cases, Meshat say we silence the person who we hear davening like this, because all these three statements are improper, as we explained. The halacha is that if somebody asks you, would you like to daven for the omud? Would you like to be the chazan and lead the congregation in the davening? The first time that he asks you, you shouldn't say yes straight away and just daven. Rather, you should initially refuse, out of humility, showing that you're a bit worried that you're not worthy of leading the davening. And only if somebody asks you again, one or two times more, then you don't have to refuse anymore, and you can be the chazan. There's one exception. One who is literally passing in front of the ark, this refers to the shliach tzibur. The chazan, the one leading the davening, the to'ah, and he made a mistake in his davening. Often in those days they would daven without a siddah, so it was easier for them to make a mistake. And if the person davening can't continue the bracha, for example, or doesn't know where he's up to anymore, then Yavr Acher Tachtov, somebody else should replace him as the Chazan instead of him, in order that the davening doesn't get interrupted so much. So someone else should step in. And he should not be somebody who refuses to daven at that time. Meaning, as soon as possible, somebody else should replace the Chazan in order to continue the davening as soon as possible. Asks the Mishnah, From which point does the replacement Chazan begin? from the beginning of the bracha, which the original chazan made a mistake in, so you shouldn't start in the middle of a bracha, rather you should go to the beginning of that bracha, and then continue for the rest of davening. The truth is, if the mistake was made in the first three or the last three brachas of Shemona Esrei, then this replacement chazan must go back to the beginning of those three brachas, because they're considered like one unit, and therefore either they would go back to the beginning of Shemona Esrei, or if they're in the last three brachas, they would go back to the beginning of Ritzei. Mishadalad, as we mentioned before, because Sidurim were far less common in those times, it was relatively easy for somebody to make a mistake during davening, especially the Chazan who is leading the davening. 
And in light of that, we can understand our Mishnah a bit better. One who passes in front of the Ark, the Shliach Tzibra, the one leading the davening. Should not answer after the Kohanim. Say, Bukas Kohanim, Amen. So when the Kohanim bless the rest of the people, between the bracha of Moedim and Simshalom, nowadays this is done every day in Eretz Yisrael, and just a few times a year in outside of Eretz Yisrael, and there are three brachas which the Kohanim say. And after each one, everybody says Amen. But the Mishnah is telling us that the Chazan should not say Amen. Mipnei HaTeruf, because of confusion. Because the Chazan says every word of Birkas Kanim before the Kanim say it. So as soon as the congregation finish saying Amen, the Chazan has to be saying the next word of Birkas Kanim for the second bracha and for the third bracha. And of course, after the third bracha's Amen, he'd have to continue with Shemona Esrei. So because right after the Amen, he has to go on and continue... We're afraid that if the Chazan himself says Amen, he'll get confused and he won't be able to continue reading out the brachas or finishing off Shemun Esrei because of his confusion, and therefore it's better that he does not say Amen. Now what happens if the only Kohen in the Minyan is the Chazan himself? If there's no Kohen there except for him, says the Mishnah, he should not raise his hands, raise his palms. And this is a reference to Birkas Kohanim, where the Kohanim stretch out their hands as they bless the rest of the people. And the reason, once again, is because the Chazan will very likely get confused and maybe unable to complete the repetition of Shemona Esrei if he does Birkas Kohanim in the middle. However, because of the importance of Birkas Kohanim, just because of this risk of confusion, we don't want to get rid of the entire mitzvah of Birkas Kohanim. And therefore, if the Chazan can sort of promise himself, if he is confident that he is able to do Birkas Kohanim, the Chazal is philoso, and then to go back to his Shemona Esrei and complete it properly, then Rasha he is allowed to, because if we can, we do not want to miss out this mitzvah of Birgaz Karnim. Mishnah Hay, in a similar vein, Hamispalal the Toa, one who davens and makes a mistake, Simon Raloi, it's a bad sign for him. The Gemara explains this is specifically referring to one who makes a mistake during the first bracha of Shemona Esrei, because if he makes errors right at the beginning, in this extremely holy moment, where it's as if he's standing in front of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the innermost place of the Beis HaMikdosh, if he makes a mistake then, it's a bad sign for him. And v'im shliach tziburhu, if it is the shliach tzibur, which literally means the messenger of the congregation, the chazan who's leading the davening, then simon ral sholchov, it's a bad sign for those who sent him, i.e. the congregation, because there is a rule which states that somebody's messenger is like the person himself. This has many halachic ramifications, but our Mishnah is using it in terms of the shliach tzibur making a mistake. The shliach tzibur, by definition, means he is the messenger sent by the congregation, sent by the rest of the minion, and he is davening sort of on behalf of them. So if he makes a mistake, it's a bad sign for the congregation. Omrolov al Rabbi Chaninu Mendoisa. They said about Rabbi Chaninu Mendoisa, he would daven for ill people, the Omer Zechai Vzemis. He would say, once he had finished davening, this ill person is going to live, and this ill person is going to die. Well, perhaps he didn't say explicitly he was going to die, but he certainly indicated that he would die. So Omuloyli said to him, From where do you know that he's going? this one's going to die, this one's going to live, how on earth do you know? Omolehemi said to them, similar to what our Mishnah told us just now, If my davening is fluent in my mouth, and the words are coming out smoothly, I have proper kavana, proper concentration, then Yodani Shumakubal, I know that that prayer was accepted. But if not, I know that the prayer has been rejected, or literally torn up, 
Meaning, because Rabbi Hanina Mendoza was on such a high level, so the amount of fluency which he had in his prayer was an indication for how much and whether the prayer was accepted or not. Perikvov, the next three prokim discuss Brikos Hanenin, blessings which are made over benefit, and most of the Mishnayasals discuss specifically benefit which one gets from food. Now, other than Brikos Hamozoin, benching after a meal, all the brochs which one makes before eating food are Mijabonon in nature. They instituted these brochas rishonos, which literally means first brochas, it refers to the brochas you make before the benefit, and they of course formulated the actual words as well. Now there's a beautiful Gemara in Brochas Daf Lamad Hay, and the, the Gemara goes through several different paths to try and derive at least a hint to the idea of making a brocha before eating from the Torah. Now even though it's not mid the Torah doesn't command this mitzvah, Nevertheless, often the Chachamim try to find a hint to something which they institute in the Torah, and that's known as an asmachta. So the Gemara goes through several different pesukim to try and find a hint to the idea of making a bracha rishayna, and it rejects them all, and ultimately the Gemara just concludes, do you know what the reason why we have to make a bracha rishayna is? Says the Gemara, it's logical. It's logical that it's forbidden for a person to benefit from this world without blessing the one who allowed you to get that benefit. It's poshed, it's obvious. In fact, the Gemara says if one eats something or who benefits from this world without blessing Hashem before doing so, it's as if he has stolen from Hashem. So that just gives us an idea of how important it is to make brachas properly. Asks the Mishnah, How does one make a bracha for produce? The truth is the Mishnah's question applies to all foods. What does one say before eating different types of foods? So number one, for fruits of the tree, if you eat a fruit, then you say, the bracha which ends by saying, the one who creates the fruit of the tree. Of course, it begins with, Blessed are you Hashem, our God, the King of the world. But because that's how every bracha begins, all of the bracha in, the mission just, just mentions the last bit, because that is the bit which is different between all the brachas. Now there's an exception, except for wine. Even though wine comes from a fruit of a tree, there's a special bracha for wine, because wine is such is a much more significant and important and sophisticated drink. It has the ability to satisfy one's hunger, and it brings one much more pleasure than normal food or drink, and therefore, for wine, one says, blessed are you, Hashem, etc., the one who creates the fruit of the vine. You mentioned the tree which grew the grapes which became wine. You mentioned that tree specifically because of the significance of wine. Okay, bracha number three, Valpirisa Oretz, and for the produce of the ground, and this refers to both grains like wheat and barley. If you're just eating the kernels and you haven't yet made it into flour, then the bracha which we're about to mention would apply. And as well as that, produce of the ground includes beans and other things which go from plants. And the point is that it's things which grow in the ground, which grow on plants, but the plant itself is not eaten. So those sort of vegetables are also included, and on all these things, one would say the bracha of the one who creates the fruit of the ground, or the produce of the ground. But once again, there's an exception, except for bread, because for bread, one says, the bracha of the one who, create, who brings out bread from the ground, and once again, the reason why there's a specific bracha for bread is because of its significance. That's sort of the most significant food which can, can sustain us. Another exception, which very strangely the mission does not mention, is the bracha of bere
is something which is discussed. One reason which is offered is the fact that it's quite a limited bracha, because it only applies to a few things, just grain products. It's very specific, and therefore the mission didn't mention it, because it does not encompass many foods. Now, the reason why the bracha is not the one who creates bread, rather it's the one who brings out bread from the ground, is because if you think about it, the process of turning grain into bread is done by man. Hashem brings the wheat and the grain out of the ground, and then we change it and make it into bread. So we don't say that Hashem creates the bread, rather he brings out of the ground the things we need in order to make bread. Now, ends off the mission of Al-Hayrokais, and four vegetables, herbs, green herbs. And this refers to things where, which grow into, in the ground, and the plant itself is eaten. For example, lettuce, cabbage, also roots which are edible, like carrots. For all of these, thing, these things, according to the Tanakama, it may be Priyadama. One says the bracha of Beri Priyadama again, just like anything which goes in the ground, whether you eat the plant itself or whether you eat things which grow on the plant, either way you say the bracha of Beri Priyadama, the one who created the fruit of the ground, because all these things came from the ground. However, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, one makes a more specific bracha, and that is the one who creates the different types of herbs, greenery. Deshoim refers to those things which we mentioned just now. Truth is, Rabbi Yehuda also argues on the first Bori Priyadama which we mentioned, or part of it at least, because Rabbi Yehuda holds that for grains, like kernels of barley and wheat, and also beans, so grains and beans, according to Rabbi Yehuda, one makes the bracha of Zeroim, the one who creates different types of seeds, because the seeds of these things are eaten. So the point of Rabbi Yehuda is that according to him, brachas needs to be very specific. You need to thank Hashem specifically for that. Not just generally the fruit of the ground, but specifically what type of fruit of the ground. And that's why Rabbi Yehuda has a slightly different formula, because according to him, each type of thing has its own specific bracha.